Welcome to the Magic Pisces Podcast. Welcome back to the Magic Pisces Podcast. Two episodes in two weeks. Going to be releasing on Mondays. <clears throat> Excuse me. Got a little tickle in my throat. I don't think it's COVID. No. Actually, um, my doctor told me basically like if you can breathe, okay, it's probably not COVID. No, that's probably not the best advice to heed because there have been all sorts of asymptomatic carriers and there's this new strain this new strain is apparently not any more deadly it's just super easy to catch you can catch it anywhere covid is everywhere covid is everywhere it's definitely scary i always go straight to the source so my sister works in a hospital she says there's lots of covid she says there's lots of covid and you don't want it she said there actually are very few hospital beds and you don't want to catch covid because the system actually is overtaxed um, or overworked or over whatevered and hospitals actually are at full capacity and I have a doctor who I surf with a brain doctor and he says that COVID has long-term effects on the brain and it causes blood clots in the brain and it can lead to strokes and you do not want it and then I have two emergency room physicians who both say COVID is real you don't want it. It's true. We actually are working really hard and COVID is really real and it's really terrifying. So, you know, if you're one of those COVID conspiracy theorists, just ask someone you know who works directly with COVID and get their opinion and then assume that they're not lying to you. Opinions are still just opinions, but it doesn't mean that people, you know, these people do not believe they're lying. Their firsthand experience is that COVID is bad. COVID is real. COVID is not the flu. You do not want COVID. You do not want COVID. I do not want COVID. Um, now, on the you know conspiratorial tip, I take a shitload of vitamin C, and I take zinc, and I take vitamin D, and I take selenium, and I take chaga mushrooms, and I take reishi mushrooms, and I take lion's mane mushrooms for brain function. But I take all sorts of different stuff. This was all, for the most part, recommended to me by a person by the name of Cliff High, who a friend of mine named Gigi sent me a, she sent me an email with a Cliff High video in, I think, January of last year. And this guy, Cliff High, basically predicted exactly how COVID would go down and what would happen and the death that would result and all of that. And last time I went to look for his new video, he releases all sorts of videos on YouTube, his channel had been banned. So I thought that was really super fucked up because he's not like, it's not like he's not like QAnon or anything. He's just Cliff High. He's just this tripped out bald dude, right? Who's really smart, who likes to play with magnets and he's gone off YouTube. And I think that's really fucked up because it seemed to me like he was telling the truth and he had, he was spot on about how COVID would go down and, exactly what he said would happen happened in the exact time frame he said that it would happen and then he had all these recommendations for how to combat covid so i took his recommendations and i also got this amazing covid immunity music way back in like um march or april that i listened to jill's wings of light you can go to jillswingsoflight.com and listen to this trippy new age covid immunity music so I just listen to that music as often as possible and take as many vitamins as possible. 
I may have mentioned this. I had a friend whose grandmother was 99-year-old grandmother was in a nursing home and got COVID and they gave her a thousand milligrams of vitamin C per hour and the COVID cleared up within like a day or two. So there's, uh, there seems to be this kind of hiding in plain sight. The cure or the prevention is hiding in plain sight. Just take a lot of vitamins. There was a doctor on the Joe Rogan podcast last week, I think. He just says tons of vitamin D. He takes up to 50,000 international units of vitamin D per day. And then he recommends 15 to 30 milligrams. Uh, I think it's milligrams. 15 to 30 units of zinc per day along with quercetin. Q-U-E-R-C-E-T-I-N. Quercetin. Q-U-E-R. Yeah, quercetin. Per day, 500 milligrams of quercetin twice a day, and then he takes 15,000 international units of vitamin D per day. I take about five to 10,000. I also try to sit in the sun every day without a wetsuit. Apparently, surfers, according to this doctor, surfers were vitamin D deficient, which I guess that would make sense because you're sitting out there in the sun, but you're covered in a wetsuit. So I don't get nearly as much sun as I used to because I'm covered in a wetsuit, even though I'm sitting in the sun, getting on my face and stuff. But not all over the place because the surfing here is cold. Uh, speaking of surfing, the surfing has been going off for like two months. Surfing is the coolest thing ever. Start surfing and you just might discover something about yourself. If you'd like to transform your entire existence, pick something challenging and learn how to do it. And by the time you're done learning to do that thing that is really challenging to learn how to do, your entire life will transform. What's the thing that you've always wanted to do, but you were afraid to do? My thing was surfing. I always wanted to become a surfer. Started at 32 years old on Lake Michigan in the wintertime. Actually, I was 33. And now here I am, you know, SoCal surfer dude who does pretty damn well every time I paddle out. So a lot of that has to do with my relationship with the universe. I'm continually practicing Ho'oponopono which is a Hawaiian healing method. All you have to do is say, I love you. I'm sorry. Please forgive me. Thank you. Anything pops up that you don't like, you say, I'm sorry. or I love you. I'm sorry. Please forgive me. Thank you. And according to Ho'oponopono, the entire external world that you see, everything that you see outside of you is a projection of what's going on inside of you. <clears throat> and you can either be coming from a place of memories or you can be coming, coming from a place of inspiration. And all memories do is they just clog up the relationship that you have. They just clog up your consciousness. They just jack up the signals and they just fuck everything all up. And so the way that you take responsibility for your memories is by saying, I love you. I'm sorry. Please forgive me. Thank you. I actually have a whole Aponopono you know, uh, I got a Ho'oponopono song or whatever you want to call it off of Apple Music. And it's like 15 minutes of Ho'oponopono. It's just this guy going, I love you. I'm sorry. Please forgive me. Thank you. With like new age music in the background. I play it all night long. I just put it on repeat and I just play it all night while I sleep. And when I wake up to like pee or when I wake up in the morning and the memories want to fire and the crazy train wants to take off inside my crazy ass brain, all of a sudden, I love you. I'm sorry please forgive me, just kind of pops into my head. And I'm like, oh, right. Ho'oponopono. Thank you. 
And slowly but surely, my subconscious is being reprogrammed. And I can see it in measurable ways. Like I made a shitload of money. I made a shitload of money. I made a, I closed a really big deal at the end of December. And then I got another new client last week. And I'm doing really good financially. I have my money all diversified. And all of that comes as a result of reprogramming my subconscious. I do that a few different ways. I do that with Ho'oponopono. I also do it with a Kundalini mantra that is Op Sahi Sahai Oha Sacheda Sachedoa Hud Hud Hud. So it goes Op Sahai Oha Sacheda Sachadoa Hud Hud Hud. I chant that for 15 minutes every day. That one is used specifically for manifesting abundance. And then I do the Kelly Howell Secret Universal Mind Meditation. And I have these these things that I do, this, this recitation of mantra and the Kelly Howell CD in my calendar as part of my job. So it's actually part of my job to visualize, part of my job to imagine a future, part of my job to take responsibility for my subconscious programming. The more I take responsibility for my subconscious program, the more relaxed I am. The more relaxed you are, the greater the chance you have of manifesting things into your three-dimensional reality. All thought creates form on some level. It all comes down to your thoughts. So whatever you are thinking, you are going to see a manifestation of. And I'm just witnessing all of this stuff. I'm trying not to get involved in the Facebook stuff. I'm trying not to get involved with this, just this this cray, cray, cray stuff. I am legitimately terrified because it appears appears as if conservative voices are starting to be censored. Now, this does not mean that I am a conservative. I pretty much cla- I classify myself classify myself as a a I think it's a classical liberal. So, I I believe that I might not agree with what you say, but I will defend to the death your your right to say it. I get there's hate speech. I get there there are people saying fucked up things. I get there's disinformation. I get it. I get it. I get it. I get it. But um, what's terrifying to me is that if these big companies start censoring people, that and these people don't have an outlet, they don't have any places for their voices to be heard. That hatred will will be directed inward and then there will be even more horrific expressions of that anger in the form of who knows it wouldn't surprise me at all if we started seeing all sorts of domestic terrorism happening all over the United States like they have in you know like Israel or the Middle East where you're at a wedding and all of a sudden a bomb goes off um, I wouldn't even be remotely surprised if this is the start of this is the sort of thing you start seeing in this country I will not even be remotely surprised and that's what happens when you squash people's voices and you essentially disenfranchise people. When you take away a person's ability to express, all of that rage is going to go deeper inward, right? And then they're going to seek out others who are oppressed or who relate to themselves as oppressed, and they're going to start to take action like you saw last week. When you really think about what happened at the Capitol building, it's really terrifying when you really think about it it's terrifying disturbing at best terrifying at worst and i think it's just the tip of the iceberg and if you start censoring people all of that energy it's like it's like hitting a cork in a bathtub with a ball peen hammer it's going to go underground for a little underwater for a little bit and it's just going to pop up somewhere else 
And I'm what I'm what I'm afraid of is that you're gonna have you know you're gonna have Joe and Kamala come along and they're gonna be giving you know they're going to be speaking the language uh, that a certain segment of the population wants to hear, and that a certain segment of the uh, population aligns with, but that a, a very large segment, basically half of the population, does not align with, and you're just gonna see fuel, gasoline thrown on the fire. And there are going to be consequences. And I just got into another, like, uh, and and my, you know, my stuff is not, I'm not, I come off as, I, I come off as political a little bit, but the thing that I'm mostly concerned about is truth. What I care about more than anything is that truth versus falsehood is being spread. And there's a lot of falsehood being spread currently and I get that you know the the stuff that's happening on YouTube and the um, you know the people who are being banned on Twitter I get that a lot of the things that they're saying um, are not necessarily nice things and not necessarily true things that does not mean that people on the other side of the aisle or the other side of the political spectrum are spewing truths either it doesn't mean that even sort of and so um, I don't think any real information can be trusted, which is why cur- cur- I don't think that any, for lack of a better word, mainstream information that's being, you know, like spewed or expressed or shared or whatever can really be trusted. And that's why I recommend everyone to learn how to do consciousness calibration techniques or the consciousness to use kinesiologic muscle testing to determine the locate the level of truth of any given statement or person or political ideology or uh, what have you. And I've mentioned this many times. Dr. David Hawkins has nine books, I think maybe 10. I think he released one posthumous or one was released after he died. But you particularly in reading uh, reality, spirituality, and modern man, and I, reality and subjectivity, you will see that extremes on either side, be they to the right or to the left, are not inherently truthful. They are driven by agendas and energies which do not, uh, which do not adhere to truth and which are not um, integrous at all. They're not coming from a place of integrity. Um, the typical far person on the far right, the typical uh, person on the far left, or the typical far right movement, or the typical far left movement, they both calibrate about the same in regards to the, the level of truth that is inherent within them. I believe far right political ideologies calibrate lower than far left, but far leftist political ideologies do not calibrate very high. I believe Noam Chomsky, I think, calibrates about 130 or 140, might be 150, not very high, um, well below the level of integrity. And if you want to delve into what I'm talking about further, start with Power Versus Force by Dr. David Hawkins and go from there. You will be mystified by the field that you find yourself absorbed by in ingesting his work. Um, It is an absolutely mind-boggling, consciousness-unraveling body of work to become enmeshed with, to become enmeshed in. Is that the right word? Enmeshed. To become absorbed into. It's absolutely fascinating. You watch his YouTube videos and stuff. He's just such a, and he's completely like apolitical. He's just speaking from a place of this is the truth. There are moments when you're reading Hawkins' work where 
there are moments that are completely transcendent that occur inside of your consciousness as you are reading his work. You, There are moments when everything ceases and it just occurs as if you are present to nothing other than the voice of God or the Holy Spirit or whatever it is that you'd like to refer to it as. Absolutely fascinating. So all that being said, um, my concern with what's going on in the world is that their truth is not being propagated. It's all misinformation. I do not trust uh, the press. I do not trust that they are truthful. I do not trust that they are committed to relaying truthful information. And it's really terrifying because that is how what Hawkins referred to as the Luciferic, the Luciferian energy or the Luciferic energy, it actually, uh, it actually, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? It, it relies on the propagation of untruth so as to fool the masses it is very much the wolf in sheep's clothing, which is why I'm incredibly concerned about the incoming administration because there's a, a Hawkins calibration group I'm a part of that has Kamala Harris. Uh, she calibrates about 160, which is well below the level of integrity, 40 points below the level of integrity. And Joe Biden, 190. AOC, about 160, 170 I've gotten. Now, I want to be really clear about this um, and responsible. There, I could very, My projections could very well be uh, working themselves into these calibrations, but that's why I have other people do it. That's why I have, I have a group that I'm a part of that um, does, calib- does consciousness research and... But the more people I talk to who are hip to this stuff, they, it's kind of everyone says sort of the, the same thing, that it's the wolf in sheep's clothing, and, and the luciferic energy is present in that, and it is seeking to really just divide not only the country but the earth. And you've got all these people who, I mean, I saw, I saw a Facebook argument. I started, I didn't start it. I posted something about we were supposed to get a wall, but we didn't get a wall. All I got was COVID. I was really just joking around on Facebook. Like we were supposed to get a wall. We didn't get a wall. We almost got a civil war, but we didn't get a wall, you know, mega fail. And of course that sparks an argument. And all of a sudden I'm seeing my friend Bill and my friend Shane. And I think this other guy, Kyle, I can't remember. There were like three or four, maybe even five people involved in this Facebook argument. And I, I tell you what, like, you know, my friend Shane, he's he's taken up a particular position, which, you know, it's totally valid. And my friend Bill, he's taken up a political a particular position, and his position I wouldn't exactly classify as invalid. You know, Bill lives in Encinitas. Shane is from Encinitas, and I live in Encinitas, and I just ran into Bill this morning, and he apologized for starting a Facebook fight on my wall. I'm like, I don't fucking give a shit. But, you know, I'm sitting there talking to Bill, and had Shane walked up as I was talking to Bill, it would have been like, oh, hey, what's up? Another Encinitas person. Like, how are the waves? Hey, pretty good. I'm doing good. We just would have been fine. We would have had a cup of coffee together or exchanged a few words, and it would have been perfectly fine. And Shane wouldn't have hated Bill and Bill wouldn't have hated Shane, not suggesting that Bill and Shane were hating each other on the Facebook either, but it just, there wouldn't have been any tension. We're all cool people, you know, nobody, it, it's, and, and this is the, the problem with social media is that just everybody's going for the jugular all over the place and it's just fueling division. And I, and now you're seeing this, these companies take away people's right to free speech or to say what's on their mind. Now people say, well, they're private owned companies. I get that they're private owned companies, but they own the fucking world. 
right? So it's it's really terrifying because you get a lot of people with very valid things to say and they're not able to say them, you know, and I listen to the, the uh, I reference him a lot. I listen to Ben Shapiro podcast almost every single day. I think he's freaking hilarious. Uh, I've had, I my first in, intuition or my first impression of him was that he's on the autism spectrum. He occurs as if he's got like a really light case of Asperger's, which would sort of explain the way that he holds positions and would also explain his lack of compassion. I have another friend, Facebook friend, who's just a straight up communist, straight up communist, you know, just the most, vel- I don't want to mention his name. I don't know if you'd like that, but but it's so funny because my my Facebook friend that's a communist Rogers, good old Rogers Park communist, he is on the spectrum, and him and Ben Shapiro are basically exactly the same. And I, he was posting a tweet by Shapiro last week and making fun of him, and I posted on, I commented on his post, like, you and Shapiro are exactly the same. You get that, right? And he's like, what do you mean? We could be no different. And I'm like, well, you're different in the way that Crips and Bloods are different. You know, you're basically exactly the same. You're both the gangsters. You're just on different sides of the spectrum. Right. And 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 he, he didn't even respond to it. I think maybe I, I struck something with him or maybe I got through to him because they the two of them remind me so much of each other. It's freaking hilarious. But, you know, it's 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 I guess it's one thing to remove somebody who's just saying God awful hate speech and inciting people to rise up and whatever. I mean, I could see how you might want to censor that, even though I don't agree with it. I could see the argument behind that. But you know, if we're getting to a point where just standard conservative voices are censored, people like Ben Shapiro are censored, now we've got a real problem. Now we've got a real problem unfolding in this country and in the world when people who just have, you know, conservative things to say, whether or not you agree with them, and I do not agree with most, a lot of them, um, I still feel that these people have uh, the right to say what they what they do. And in people having the right to say what they or people have the right to say what they want. And in giving people the right to say what they want and what they feel and what they believe to be true, we can then have a free exchange of ideas. And I noticed that there's just a lot of, for lack of a better word, bigotry on the part of people who are not conservative in regards to um, their relationship to conservative voices. Um, you know, for instance, I, 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 I coached a woman years ago who, she's one of my first clients ever, and she had started a, a home for girls who were pregnant who didn't want to have abortions. And so this woman would like, she would like go to the abortion clinic and like round up girls and talk them out of having abortions. And she had like, you know, multiple girls who ended up having babies that they were going to abort, who then had the, you know, they had the babies and she was like watching the babies grow up, watching the, the, the babies grow up to be, to be people, to be human beings. And, um, it was totally, she felt like this was sort of like God given mission. And I totally respected her. I like respected her in this deep way. And that was one of those things that like had me, it just made me look like, sure, I believe a woman has a right to choose. Of course, I'm not a woman. I don't have a womb. I've never been pregnant. I have no idea what that's like. But I also feel like people like the woman who I'm sharing about have a right to be heard. Because in her having, you know, in her expressing what she did, there are now little people running around. So um, I think that her voice is valid, and I'm just using her as one example. But I do believe that, you know, voices like that deserve to be heard. 
and we shouldn't be censoring them. And if we start censoring the whack jobs, at what point do we stop censoring people? You know, I don't know. And if we do censor people and they are not heard and then they go underground, how might they emerge? If you take someone's voice away, where might they go with it? And then again, how might they emerge? Who might they talk to? And then what might they and the people they talk to, you know, how might they (laughs) come back from wherever they have been squashed down into? So I don't know. And I see that as, you know, what I refer to as the Luciferian energy is what Hawkins would refer to as the Luciferian energy. It's propagating itself as something great and compassionate and kind and in service of all. But then there are a lot of people that that's not in service of and they go somewhere and they come back and, you know, who knows what might start going down here, I, uh, going down here in this country. I do not think Trumpism is over. It's far from over. You've got about 60 or 70,000, like, or million rather, um, deeply alienated people who are already kind of alienated. And then Trump came along and gave them a voice and other voice has been taken. Now, Trump, I don't know what the fucking deal with that guy is. I was starting to sort of, I, I sort of, I released an episode like very early on in the Magic Pisces podcast where I, my theory on him is that he's some sort of like archetypal fool who was sent like intergalactically through space time to disrupt the power structure. And I still kind of think that's true. But then at the same time, he's got this megalomania thing, this, this, uh, what's the malignant messianic narcissism is what it's called. Malignant messianic narcissism sort of complex. And, and just, I mean, he just turned out to be an incredibly dangerous individual And he's got all of these people now who feel a certain way and the way that they feel isn't going anywhere and robbing them of their voice, right, um, might very well have unforeseen consequences. And again, that's the Luciferian energy. Um, Their energy is more blatantly satanic. Hawkins talks about the difference between satanic energy and Luciferian energy or Luciferic energy. Satanic energy is overtly hateful. It is overtly, it's like, it's the far right. It's like the Nazis, well, the Nazis actually were the left. Um, The Nazis were actually socialists. Um, There might be a nuance in that that I'm missing, but National Socialist Party, as I believe what it was called. But the far right people typically um, tend to be satanic and satanic energy is just overtly evil. And the far left people tend to be Luciferian or the far left movements tend to be Luciferian. In, In other words, they will say, oh, we want to give food to all. But in the process of doing that, you know, like people starve to death. And that's the Luciferian energy. It, it presents itself in one way uh, so as to trick people, but then it, you know, it pulls a fast one and a bunch of people die. Either way, a bunch of people die, right? Which is why Buddha said that, I don't know this is exactly what, if, why Buddha said this, but, you know, ba- Buddha basically said the middle path. And so I try to embrace the middle path and I find that compassion, I mean, nowadays, like, we're really forced to, to, 
harness or access a, a radical sense of compassion. Like I see all these people on social media making fun of the, <laughs> it is kind of funny. The guy that one of the insurrectionalists, the guy that was dressed up like the bear or the animal or whatever he was with the face paint. He was, uh, <laughs> he was demanding vegan or vegetarian food in jail and they wouldn't give it to him. And I guess he lived with his mother. There are a bunch of these people who lived with their mothers, apparently, according to the news, which I don't really trust anymore, but you know, if these are in fact people who are living with their mothers, like it, like put yourself in their position. What they failed at every fucking thing at life, they failed at everything. They they don't even see themselves as capable of moving out of their parents' basement, and and there's an insurrection going on. So go now, your life all of a sudden has meaning, and it's not to excuse that behavior even remotely, but it's like what is going on inside of these people that that is pushing their buttons in such a way that they feel that they need to rise up and that's compassion in like a really radical sense that's like the a, a very radical way of harnessing the power of compassion that's the, the level of compassion that Jesus talked about like forgive them father they know not what they do and if i were to post something like that in a social media you know thread about uh, if I were to quote Jesus, forgive them, Father, they don't know what they do. They know not what they do. Then some person is going to jump on top of me and they're going to say, oh, don't bring Jesus into this. Christianity fucking ruined the whole, you know, and it's like, I'm not talking about Christianity. I'm talking about Christ. Christianity and Christ are unfortunately two very different things or often they're very different things. And and it's it's a, it's a shame and I actually read a book by Mother Teresa, and it's called No Greater Love. I probably mentioned it on here before, but that woman was punk rock. And uh, she's talking about how these like well-to-do people wanted to get a picture with her, and they barged into the orphanage where she worked at or whatever, and they like they basically manhandled Mother Teresa into getting like their picture taken with them. And you know, she just kind of like, you know, she basically got all like jacked up and like hurt her back or whatever. And someone asked her about it and she's like, well, I mean, they're the ones with the problem, not me. Like, think about what it must be like to exist as they exist, you know, to be that consumed with looking good that they have to hurt somebody who's basically a saint in order to make themselves look better. And that's, I think, the kind of compassion that some of us are being called to exhibit, to express. So... Thanks for listening. Appreciate you again. Talk to you next time in the Magic Pisces podcast. Bye-bye.